Good morning. Good to see everybody here. We are in the middle of a message series looking at the core values that we have as a church. And so we have seven core values. We call them the heart attitudes. And so um, you'll notice on your... Well, today what we're doing is, if you want to pull up the next slide, we are hitting on um, heart attitude number five, which says participate in the ministry of the church. And so you'll notice we put take five bars on your chair, kind of as a reminder of heart attitude number five, which participate in the ministry of the church. This is one of our core values. This one really is um, how we get things done, is we serve together, we participate, we volunteer. And so currently in our church, there are 99 people that, um, that take Heart Attitude 5 very seriously and that they have decided to participate in one of our ministry teams. And so um, we put these out just to kind of, in honor of all the people that are serving, we just want to thank you. Everybody each week really gets to benefit All of us are benefiting every week from the people that serve. And so just to kind of honor those people, we want to thank everyone, or we wanted to give everybody this kind of, again, we all benefit. Just a reminder of that. Um, There's no guilt here either. Oh, I'm not, I can't eat that because I'm not volunteering. Don't think that way. Honestly, this is in their honor. And so, um, but we wanted to give you this as a little reminder, especially for those of you who do serve. We really want to thank you for, for that. It All that we do, there's a number of teams that serve from, Kids own teachers, people that set up sight and sound. Bruce will tell you a little bit more about all the different ways people can get involved in serving. Um, but we really could not have gotten this church off the ground without people participating at a high level. And so really taking that heart attitude very seriously. We've looked so far at four of our heart attitudes. The first four are our relational values as a church. And all of these are New Testament commands. Uh, the first one, week one, was put the goals and interests of others above my own. It's built on Philippians 2, chapter or chapter 2. Pretty much the whole chapter gets at this whole idea of serving, putting others first, putting their goals and interests ahead of our own. So that's the first heart attitude. Second one is live an honest and open life before others. Just choosing to be you know, honest about who we really are. The third one is give and receive scriptural correction. And um, the idea there, based on Hebrews 3.13, kind of the verse, talking about encouraging one another daily, so long as it's called today, so that none of us may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And how we need people speaking to our lives. We need people giving us input, insight, correction at times, warning. And then we need to be willing to give that to people when we see people heading towards a dangerous zone. Um, The fourth hard attitude that we have is clear up relationships. We looked at that last week. Just the priority that we have as a congregation to be right in our relationships with each other. It's normal for relationships to get um, damaged, for us to have hurts and offenses. And the world would say, once you're hurt by someone, then you tell them off and you storm off, or you punch them in the face. You know, in, in, in church life, we try to approach that differently. We clear up relationships. We, we seek peace with each other. We own up to, we take responsibility when we have offended someone. We, we take responsibility and we um, get it cleared up. And so those first four hard attitudes lay a foundation for us to be able to relate in the long haul and to have long-term health as a church. The next three that we're looking at are organizational values that help us actually accomplish the mission together. And so this one right here, participate in the ministry of the church, kind of turns the corner on the organizational values. Um, we, we are a church with a mission. We actually have a mission together. When you think of a church, 
You may think in terms of a business. Depending on where you're coming from, you might think that the church is just another business, but it's a religious business. That's Sometimes when I interact with people, they're like, oh yeah, it's like you lead a business, it's just a religious type of a business. And um, But in reality, the church is not as much like a business as it is more like the military, honestly. In the business world, the whole goal of a business is to make a profit. You, you, uh, the profit is driving the business forward. Now, there's things that probably the business is trying to accomplish and serving and you know getting out their product or whatever, but it's profit-driven. In the military, it's really, it's mission-driven. There's a mission. They're trying to advance a cause. They're trying to move forward for certain causes. Might be freedom, might be protection, land, but they're advancing a cause together. So a church in many ways is a lot more like the military in that we're advancing a cause together. We're advancing the cause of Christ. We're making Christ known. We direct our time, our resources, our energy as an organization, and even personally for the efforts of helping people come to know Christ and become fully devoted followers of Him. That's our mission. We talk about it in terms of the mission. It's, it, it's, in one sense, we are in a spiritual war. It's not a war like over land or freedoms. It's really a war for um, the souls of people and for people's eternal destiny, where people are going to spend all eternity. We're in this spiritual war together. One church leader, he wrote this, Colossians 1. Paul wrote this to the church. And he says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son, of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We see this idea about we've been rescued. God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. There's some warfare language in there. We've been rescued from the dominion of darkness and then transferred into a kingdom, God's Son. And this whole idea of rescuing, this is a lot of what the church is about. At the top of your listening guide, you see ministry happens amidst this cosmic spiritual war and then you see that verse colossians 1 13 and 14 that's the warfare idea that the whole world is in this is the dominion of darkness we need to be rescued by god pulled out of that and to find real hope to find the real life so at occ we band together and we're much like the military in that we're, we're on this search and rescue mission as a church this is We're trying to cooperate together to help people find the Lord and fully devote their lives to Him. Christ is the head of the church. He's the head of the the body. Scripture says that there's this metaphor of the church being the body of Christ. Well, He's the head. You might think, oh, the pastor, he seems to be in charge. of. Well, Jesus Christ is the head of the body. And our leaders, we're seeking to cooperate and align our organization with what Jesus says. He kind of sets the direction the marching orders, and then we try to get in line with what he says. We cooperate with, with him. He's the head. But we're banding together. We're trying to accomplish the mission of seeking and saving that which is lost. Jesus actually said that was his mission, to seek and save the lost. So in light of this war that is, is going on, I want to show you a clip. This is a, a military clip of a U.S. Navy Special Forces group. And it's a lot of firepower, so if you like guns and lots of firepower, you'll enjoy this, because there's like a minute of nothing but firepower. But this little group, they're this small tactical group whose mission it is to extract prisoners taken captive. And what they do is they come alongside Navy SEAL teams, and they help the SEAL teams 
um, get the, you know, they get the SEAL teams and the prisoners that the SEAL teams have rescued, they get them basically to safety. And so there was a movie called um, Act of Valor that uh, they did recently, but this is not from that movie, but the same idea, the same type of um, special forces unit. And this is very similar in some ways to what we do as a church, how we cooperate together. There's a brotherhood, a partnership, and it's intense. Now, we don't use guns to get people to, to be rescued from the dominion of darkness, but I want to talk about the parallel. So let's take a look at this clip. My name is SB1 Nair Palmer. I am in the United States Navy. My name is Jeff Prosser. I'm a pay officer second class, and I decided to enroll in uh, SWIC. SWIC stands for the Special Warfare Combatant Craft Crewman, or primary insert extract platform for SEAL platoons and other special forces. They call SWICs the quiet professionals. day warriors. We're fighting for our country, our beliefs, and we hold our brothers and our nation's lives in our hands. There's nobody else out there with us, so when we fight, it's basically to keep the guy next to us alive. You know, that's the guy you're counting on if, if something goes wrong. He's going to be that one taking that shot and saving your life as well as you're going to save his life. We do a lot of heavily on each other, and it's a different attitude when you get on the river. I would take a bullet for my brothers any day, any time, anywhere. Never think twice about it. the Swicks, I would have to say dedication. I think dedication is what leads it all. That dedication will drive you to do the best you can at everything you're doing. In the, in the movie Act of Valor, there's this SEAL team that rescues this lady, and, and the SEAL team is, has extracted her, but now they're on the run, and the enemy is closing in on the SEAL team, and it and at just the last moment where they're basically going to be overtaken by truckloads of people with, you know, high-powered weapons um, to kill them, two of these boats, like you see in this, come around the corner and just light up the enemy, and basically the SEALs are captured and taken. And 
it's it's very intense. There's this high level of commitment. I mean, in the movie Act of Valor, a really powerful movie, um, but you, you do experience this whole idea of the brotherhood. There's this there's this unit. There in, and the language that they're using is very similar to the the participation level that is often um, required in church life. The the type of I'm in this. I'm throwing my life in the mix to make a difference. Like I. And so I, I'm going to be doing an interview in just a few moments, but I wanted to show you this clip because they, there's times where we get clearly outnumbered and we need reinforcements to come and to assist. We need more people to jump on board and say, hey, let's drive this forward. We can help. I can do something to help participate um, to carry this mission forward. He says, one of, the, one of the officers says that dedication is required. I think that's very true about church life. Dedicated participation is what helps us advance. It's the dedication of our people that has allowed us to keep slugging away and to keep moving forward as an organization, as a congregation, because it, it can get tiring. Trying to be involved in helping people find, you know, be rescued out of the dominion of darkness, that's, that's an intense battle. If you think about there's this cosmic war going on, and we've experienced toward people, there's a, there's a fight when people come to Christ. Oftentimes, there's this huge inner struggle going on with individuals, with families. For people to choose Christ, oftentimes it means walking away from, from, some, um, from family, from very, very difficult things. And so it requires this dedication, this level of commitment on our part as the body to, to move forward. We're not using violence in, in the sense of the guns and the weaponry that they have. Scripture says, Paul says, that we have weapons for the warfare that we engage in. They're not weapons of this world, he says. But they are weapons that are powerful enough to take down strongholds, spiritual strongholds. Prayer is one of those weapons. The Word of God, an offensive weapon. Faith, our faith, one of the weapons. The Gospel, one of the weapons. Ephesians chapter 6 gets at some of the spiritual warfare that we use to engage in this type of war. But we band together. We band, we labor together. Scripture says we're co-laboring with one another. We need each other to be committed at a really high level. It's, it's really difficult because we live in a world that is consumer-driven and, and very much me-focused. And so in our society, typically we decide whether or not we're going to be involved in an organization like a church based on what's in it for me. What's in it for my family? How, does this, how is this good for me? Why should I attend this church over that church? We tend to approach that with consumer thinking. What's in it for me? This little line here, the next line is, it's natural to spectate in church life as consumers, but the mission requires us to think and act like commandos. Really, we're, we're to set aside the what's in it for me mentality to advance the cause of Christ together, to think like commandos. What is it going to take to advance the mission? It's not about every person for himself. It's really about the mission that needs to be done. Church in the Valley our sponsor, church, they, they thought like commandos on our behalf. Years before we moved here, they were thinking about how do we train people who, will, who we can send out to start churches in different cities. And so the church we came from, they thought like commandos. They were thinking resources and training and, and educating people and then helping people live out the values of our church. 
And long before any of this ever existed, they put some things on the line, money and people on the line in order to see this thing move forward. And so we are very much indebted to that congregation. That's why we have this opportunity to serve them next week is because we want to, as often as we can, we want to say thank you by, by just serving this church family in Diamond Bar that really helped us get this off the ground. Um, they put $40,000 to get this church off the ground. They sent us out here at a team, as a team of seven um, adults and five kids. We were like a little mission team moving to Riverside, start a new church. And so I, I really do want to encourage you to think about volunteering to help in that way next week. But not only do we advance and reach out together, this whole idea of the cosmic war, but also we grow, we build, we're healthy together through you know, our, our involvement. God brings health to his people, through his people. This is what you find out in Scripture. He actually accomplishes church health, organizational health, personal spiritual help. He, he does that through his people. He, he didn't need to. He certainly could have done it all on his own, but, but he's invited us to cooperate with him, to be involved, to accomplish this mission together. Look at Ephesians 4.16. Paul says, From him, speaking of Jesus, the whole body... Joined and held together by every supporting ligament, it grows and it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. God brings, he brings health to his people through his people. He accomplishes the growth and the nourishment of the body, the protection of the body, all through our cooperation together. Through us participating and saying, hey, you know, I can help in this way, in very practical ways. That's how he accomplishes his work. This morning is kind of like a family talk and, and, for those of you who consider this church your home church, then this is kind of this is a family talk for all of us. For those that are here and you're exploring church life, you're, you're not sure that this is, you know, you're just kind of checking things out, then just understand this is one of our core values. That's why we bring it up. I'm going to invite Scott Lamberth and DJ Chapman to come join me up here. They, I've asked them to help me this morning to talk about this heart attitude number five. So guys, go ahead and join me up here. It's kind of... Uh, we did this last service, and uh, so just imagine we're kind of sitting around, having a talk, drinking coffee, so just add in a couch and some coffee mugs, and these guys, along with their families, and one other individual here who's in the front row, all moved out here to help us start um, this church, and so um, participate in the ministry of the church this is one of the core values that they operated and we all operated as a launch team to start OCC. It's built off of this verse, 1 Peter 4.10, which says this, each, of, each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. See, everyone should use their gifts to serve others. This is how God gets work done. Is each one of us, we use our gifts together. Verse 11 says, If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very word of, words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. God accomplishes his work through his people. And so I asked them to come up. I have three questions for them. We're just going to kind of um, share. I, I want you to hear a little bit about why are they participating in the church? Like, why are they participating still in OCC? This was five years ago when they decided to move here with us. Um, you know, people relocated, sold homes, moved just job-wise. It was really not an easy transition. And so major sacrifices made for the, the people that came. But first off, why did you guys decide to help 
launch the church? Why do you guys decide to be a part of the launch team of OCC? Because. Thank you, Scott. Well, I, I went first last service. So. All right. I'll go. Is All right. my mic on? It's on. <laughs> All right. I asked that last service. And I guess I should just trust it's on. Because um, <clears throat> DJ sounds like it's on. But my, anyways. Um, <laughs> it's my voice. <laughs> it's true. Uh, because I wanted to. That's why. And the reason I wanted to was kind of like that video. Um, I had been rescued off the shores of the enemy. Um, when I was, as soon as I mourned the loss of 19-year-old Scott and realized that life wasn't going to turn out the way I thought it would and wanted it to and, you know, all these immature dreams and realized that life is actually a, a battle. We're on the shores of the enemy. And we need rescuing, and we need to rescue. And so um, I mentioned at last service that it's kind of like a, um, the Titanic has sunk, and we're all in the water, and there's a bunch of life rafts, and there's a lot of people in the water. And we've been pulled out of the water, and we're in the life raft, and then suddenly we realize, oh, my gosh, there's so many more people. The water's cold. The sharks are coming. I don't know if those two things combine. Um, but in my story, they do. And um, so we're just pulling people out of the water into the boat. And I realized I can't just sit back and be like, oh, they got it. I'm good. I'll just, I'll just hang out here. You, you guys got it, you know. I mean, there's, this is a crisis. And in a microcosm that really is what's going on in life, in reality, the more you look in the scriptures, the more you understand what's really going on. Um, and I struggle with that. I mean, believe me, I like to sit down and watch TV and sip coffee and go to the cabin in the woods and all those things. But um, And there's time for that. But when it all comes down to purpose and missional focus, this is what life is about. And what was your question? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> We're... Why did you help? Why did you decide to help? Well, I realized this, and that was just the next step. Like, <laughs> when I first realized that this is the backdrop of life, um, realized that um, I need to play my part. And my part started really small, and, I, you know, sometimes I wish it was. I wish I could go back to those moments of really small, playing a really small part. And, um, but that's the laziness in me, of course. And... Um, But I realized that um, I just needed to take that step and do it. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Yeah, I definitely agree with, with Scott. And uh, it, for us, um, it was those things for sure, as well as um, God, God grows us through experience. And um, some of us, you know, experience, you know, um, serving in church or, or even, you know, if you, if you do have an opportunity to go out and, and really launch um, another ministry, like for us, that's that's what God, I think, He used that for us to really grow. And um, we, uh, you know, we we were praying about it, and um, 
having a lot of discussions about it, and um, we knew that this was the right decision to move us forward in our maturity, uh, in our walk, and, um, uh, you know, uh, just as guys in general, I think we do have a lazy ten, um, tendency, and so this really pushed it forward. It was a big step change for us. I mean, we we really had to step up our game in um, our spiritual walk, um, how we presented ourselves, and so it 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 benefited us. I mean, I'm kind of going into the next question, but it, it really um, helped us grow in our walk with God. Yeah, so our, our church is about five years old, um, and there was this thing where, all right, guys, we're all going to move to a city, and um, we all actually met in college. And so... Um, we, the three of us knew each other. The guy, the other gentleman that came, who's up here, wave your hand, Barry. Um, we met through his mom. That had mom, his mom had come to Christ, and then Barry later came to Christ. And so, you know, these guys, their wives, and myself, my wife, and Barry, you know, and our kids. Like, it was really this face step of we're just going to move there, trusting that God is preparing people. We're going to start a new church, not trying to steal people away from old churches, but really trying to help reach those who have yet to be reached with the gospel. And <clears throat> trusting that God would also bring people along, or along some reinforcements along at, at certain points to help keep advancing this cause. And so, um, But it, in some ways, it sounds like a crazy idea when you're starting a church. Because <laughs> we were in a very safe, healthy church. And so to leave that environment of healthy relationships where things were moving forward and people were being reached... To leave and start something new was a huge risk, and so that's why I think the why question. But and second, how have you guys grown personally through um, being a part of this church launch? You know, and, real quick, Barry, uh, just just real quick, um, Barry's story is a really good example of um, he was pulled out of the water in the life raft. Sorry, I'm going back to this the is life Barry raft up here now. again, and um, <laughs> I really like the life raft thing, if you notice, and. Um, he got to work right away, paddling and pulling people out, and uh, has kept at that. So, um, a lot of people don't do that. So, I just wanted to. <clears throat> so, how have you guys grown? How have you seen uh, your family grow through this um, opportunity of participating so faithfully and so consistently, and not necessarily in the funnest ways of serving, but just what needed to be done? You know, because a lot of times it's just serving is. What what is what needs to be done? Okay, I can do that. You know, sometimes the needs are chairs stacked. Sometimes it's wrapping Velcro and pens, setting candy out. It's greeting. It's there, you know. How have you grown through your participation at the different levels that you have? Well, uh, for me and, and our family, like it's really like what you were saying earlier, Josh, that God. Um, he brings health to his people through his people. I mean, we've definitely experienced that. We've seen real life in that. And, um, uh, you know, Scott, you were saying last service just about um, really just getting your eyes open to seeing, you know, the gears and the equipment of how just, just how God lays out life. And um, it really is encouraging and it, and it, it um, strengthens your faith. Um, just to uh, be a part of something um, that is going forward with the um, the Great Commission, you know, really going after making fully devoted followers of Christ. So, 
So why can, oh, what, what have we benefited, huh? All right. How have we grown? Um, well, yeah, I mean, when we left our, uh, our life raft of Church in the Valley, back to the life raft again, um, it was pretty tricked out. We built some, it was a pretty nice life raft. Remember, this is a family talk, so we're just Had being ourselves up here. Had a stove, TV, air conditioning. Barry put that in. He does air conditioning for a living, just so you know. And um, so then they sent us out on this little life raft. And um, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you how we how I've grown. Um, I have really seen we've seen God come through me and my family. We've really seen that God's real. It's not just some fake little story we do and we get involved in and it's, oh, it's pretty cool. We have something to say that we have meaning in life now rather than our boring, mundane jobs and our boring, mundane American life. I mean, it's not just an excuse to make life interesting. God's real. And uh, also, I'll tell you, man, um, because, you know, sometimes when you're working on the life raft, things can get a little tense and... um, Relationships can be can be put to the test and stretched, and uh, it is a really great experience to be able to walk through those times and come out on the other side. I mean, even with just the three of us here, like just learning how to work together and do things God's way, not our way, and humble ourselves and grow and really see that wow, you can really bear with each other, and there is something just solid. About There's something that's comforting about sticking with a group of people who have been through thick and thin and coming out the other side. And, and it's kind of like, you know in that video how that guy was talking about like when you're out here on the water, all there is is us. And, you know, the guy next to you has your back and you have his back. Um, that's how we've benefited. Um, you'll notice that like a movies like Rambo and, you know, Jack Bauer and whatever that show is, 24. Um, you know, they go in, they're these single guys, they go in and they accomplish the mission, no one can touch them, you know, Chuck Norris, and uh, not even Chuck Norris, yeah. And so, um, you know, they go in and they accomplish the mission on their own. Well, that's not really how life works. Um, you find the and reality, even in military missions, it works with a group of people who are trained to accomplish a goal. Um, if you notice in that video, those bolts pull up and they, you know, they light up the forest, and then those seals get on their boat, and then they take off. Uh, it took a group of them to accomplish that. It wasn't just you know like one guy went in there all covert and solved the problem. You know, so I've benefited from having people to watch my back and health. DJ was talking just now about health. This whole day idea of health—that's such a good word because it doesn't just describe maturity or. It describes everything. It's all-encompassing. It's nourishment. You know, when you're healthy, you have the right amount of hydration, the right amount of nutrients in your body. Your cells are firing. I don't know if cells fire, but you know what I mean. Like, stuff's working. Um, You're physically capable of fulfilling life's duties. And uh, it's a great thing. So health. I've experienced health. Yeah, he's he's referring back to Ephesians 4.16. The body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You know, like we we accomplish this together as each part does its work. 
You know, everybody was all hands on deck when we were launching. And then as we've been going, at different points, people have came and said, you know what, <clears throat> I want to be a part of this. I'm throwing myself in, in, in the ring, in a sense. I'm, I'm ready to, to, to participate at the level of what is needed in church life. The last question is, why, why do you guys continue to participate and partner at, you know, so faithfully? Because you guys have been really faithful. Well, we're not quite out of the water yet. Um, we're still floating around. That's, that's one reason. And uh, I also have children now in that boat with me. And uh, I want them to see life for what it is. Like DJ was saying, I want them to see that machinery of how life really works. And... Yeah, we haven't quite reached the shore of safety yet. It's good. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, now now that we have kids, um, we have two boys, and um, letting them see that example, like society doesn't set the right examples. Christ sets the right examples for us, and um, that's lived out through church life. And uh, so, you know, there's that, and and then. Um, when we were first uh, starting to think about coming on the church plan and stuff, we met with a church planner, um, uh, John Wooster, and uh, he, he said something that was, it, it stuck with all of us, I think. It was it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's so real. It's, um, we joke about it. Yeah. <laughs> he said, um, well, we asked him, you know, what, what's something that we can just really take away from, you know, from meeting with you, like about going on this church plan? And, and he said, make sure you stay in the tank. And what he means by that is, is um, you know, God, uh, God is the tank, and you're 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 inside there, and you're and God is protecting you. And um, if you step outside that tank, you're vulnerable to the enemy. And so it, it's almost like a scared straight kind of thing. Like I I don't want to get out of that tank. I want to make sure that I'm staying fit and I'm going forward, moving the forward with the mission and stuff. And there was. Um, a verse came to mind this week I was looking at in um, in James, um, James 2, 16 and 17. It says, um, if one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. So basically, you know, we're not living a dead faith. Like we need to, um, like what Josh was talking about, really using um, uh, the the weapons for Christ and and you know using the word, using our faith, the uh, shield of faith, to really move forward with the mission and um, and stay on it. And and really, the the commandos, like that, that was one thing that was really um, a benefit and, and a reality to me is is getting out of that consumer mentality of, you know, here I'm just here to take in, but really is moving forward as a soldier for Christ and, and really becoming a, a commando for him. Well, you know, Josh, one thing that I just sure. thought of real quick um, is when DJ was talking, I was thinking about this, this whole idea of commando consumer. Uh and I humbly say this, but when you when you choose to follow Christ, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
And a disciple of Jesus Christ, what that means when you really look in the scriptures, is it's not some like cool benefit membership club that you kind of go to and uh, they got, welcome, come on in, do, you know, we have your seat here and we're going to rub your feet and serve you tea, you know. It really is a missional club and I mean, I, I love what Jesus Christ has done and I love what he's done in my life and in many of my friends' lives and what he's doing in my children's life and Everything else just seems kind of lame, to be honest with you. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to abandon that. And that's why I stay. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> um, Cody. I'm just going to have Cody come up right now, and then the band will join him in just a little bit. Um, well, we, we have been at this for five years now. And some people, like those men, and Barry, and our wives, and... Others that have joined in in the early days really have had their hands to the work and been laboring and co-laboring together. And then God, at different points, he sends in a boat of reinforcements at just the right time. And so many of you are those people. Many of you have jumped in and really gotten involved in different ways. And so um, in a few moments, Bruce is going to be coming up, sharing some practical ways um, to, to apply this message um, but I, we just we would really encourage you to consider, okay, how, how do I fit into this, participate in the ministry? Is this a step that I need to take personally? So um, we're going to receive our offering in just a moment. And as the ushers come by, um, just drop your white connection card in there. And then uh, any offering that you came prepared to give, um, we want to thank you for giving generously. And let, let's pray together. Father, we love you. We just thank you for how you're working in our lives personally. And as we join you, Lord, how you stretch us, how you grow us as we participate in ministry together. The challenges that we face as a congregation, Lord, have only grown us. And so we thank you, God, for the ways you've worked and provided through people, through your people, God. Thank you for those that you've brought here this morning and those that would say, hey, I want to I be um, counted on. I want to be a part. And um, Lord, I pray that you would uh, move people, Lord, to a higher level of, of participation, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you for this offering. Amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive the offering. And I want to invite Bruce, so he's already up here. And uh, whenever service is out, there's probably going to be some left or take left or left over. Left over, take five, so you can take ten if you want. So enjoy that. Well, I'm going to share a way with you to take five, the hard attitude five, take it seriously. It's like what the little candy says. Um, I don't really have a lot of metaphors and, you know, analogies <laughs> as much as everybody else right now. I'm just going to tell it to you straight. But uh, so maybe just throughout the service, you've been thinking about different ways you'd like to, you know, pitch in, roll up your sleeves and get involved. Uh, I have some practical ways for you to do that. Uh, our church is really operates and runs every Sunday because of uh, just about a hundred people who aren't paid any money or you know paid any kind of you know salary or anything like that they come here and they set things up and uh, everything you see is just you know all this stuff is here because the volunteers did it and uh, you know J- Cody and me and Josh we could put everything together and, and we could have a church service and, and it could function and you guys might come check it out but 
you know, without the, you know, the 200 hands setting everything up, it'd be a lot different. So we're really grateful and thankful for everybody that pitches in. And uh, we, we have some, you know, some more slots that we could be filled with people that need to help out. So if, you, if you're thinking about helping out, you don't have to think, oh, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, I could help out, but I'm not going to be needed. But if you join a team, you definitely will become a vital part of the operation. And uh, it's a way people who, who jump in um, start feeling like they belong here because they're taking ownership of how, how things move along. And so it's really an exciting, encouraging thing. I've got four different teams that you could you could consider jumping uh, being a part of. First one is facilities team, and uh, these guys uh, set up a lot of things for our, our kids' classrooms so the teachers are successful, make things safe uh, for the kids there, um, and pulling the trailer and uh, getting our banners and signs set up so guests know how to find us or where to navigate through. Um, so it's really helpful team of guys getting everything prepared. Another one is first impressions. And uh, this is just kind of like the first contact that a guest is going to meet when they come to our church. And um, what they, you know, they're the, the warm smile and the friendly handshake that allows people just to kind of figure out where they're going. If, if you have kids, you know, they'll point you in the right direction. And uh, the First Impressions team just really helps people feel a little bit more at ease. Uh, it's definitely, I don't know if you remember the first day you came here, you may or may not have been nervous or maybe the first time some other place. It's, it's hard to go somewhere where you don't know anybody. So... Our first impression is kind of eases that whole process for people. Uh, we also have our refreshments team. And, uh, of course, they do uh, the, the coffee and the decor and setting things up like that. But more than just having coffee set out, what the team accomplishes is uh, providing an atmosphere where people feel comfortable and at home. Uh, you know, coffee is a great way to start the morning and just how things look nice. It really makes it so that people uh, just feel comfortable here and just like that they can hang out and be a part of the family. And then lastly, another team is uh, our sight and sound team. So anything related to our audio and visual equipment, the microphone I'm using right now is all operated by those guys. And um, the fact that projector's not working is not their fault. <laughs> so just to clear that up. So anyways, uh, there's these different teams you can be a part of. Maybe you're not sure, but this is, these are all a great option. Um, some people kind of have dabbled in and out of, of helping out, or maybe they'll stay after late and... Um, help clean some things up, which is really helpful and important. If you're one of those people, maybe you're, you're thinking, you know, maybe I'm just going to uh, just jump in and, and commit formally to a team and just be a part and so I can be counted on and be a part of the team. Um, or maybe if you've been coming to this church for a while and you, you feel comfortable calling OCC, you know, this is my church, this is my church home. You tell people that. But if you're not on a team, this is a great opportunity just to, to, to jump in and roll up your sleeves and get involved. So you may consider doing one of those things. Uh, take out the little form in your connection card that's blue. It's like a, a long card. It looks like this. It says ministry teams at the top. Uh, and so you can check one of the boxes of the four teams I just described. And uh, you can select an option right next to those teams that says, count me in. You know, I'm just ready to be a part of the team. Or if you want, just check the box that says, I like to do the tryout. You can test drive the team for about a month if you want. Just see what it's like to be on the team, what the commitment level is. Uh, usually the way these teams work is you serve for a month, so every Sunday for the month of September, for example, and then October, the next month, you'd be off. You wouldn't have anything to do or responsibilities. That way you get a break here and there. Uh, so what I, I have all our, our ministry team leaders standing in the back. You guys can wave your hands back there so you can see them. Those are the leaders of our four teams. And uh, at the end of service, right when it's over, after Cody finishes the last song, uh, bring your card to those guys and uh, they'll get you connected, answer any questions you have about what it's like to serve on the team, 
and uh, just see how you can get involved. So. like to add one thing, um, and you can comment it if you want. People might be wondering, like, um, we actually have a lot more ministry teams than just these first, uh, these four teams, and so, but these are the entry point into all of our other teams, aren't they? And so, in case you're wondering, well, I'll wait until they open up the, the teaching positions or the, the kid zone classes or, uh, you know, slots in the worship band, things like that. These are, our, we call them our first serve teams, because what we do is we use them to kind of measure faithfulness in our people before we give more responsibility. Second thing I wanted to add would be, if you're a member of our church already, and circumstantially you rotated off a team and you need to find a new team to serve on, then these are all still, these are current needs that Bruce put together. So in case you're wondering, hey, where can I pitch in right now? What is the church? Those are them. So. Thanks, Josh. Uh, yeah, that's totally true. You can see kind of this, the different range of needs we have. There's we get everything pulled off, obviously, because we had church today. But um, we could be even more effective using your help. So, you know, all these teams have openings of where we'd love to get them filled. So uh, the rest of the band can come up at this point, and we will uh, finish with service. At the end.